With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Today, a look at who's talking tech on the 2024 campaign trail. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We are a little more than a year away from Election Day, and you've probably heard at least something about candidates' views on issues like the economy and foreign policy. But today, we're looking at what candidates are telling voters about their plans for the future of technology in the U.S. How are they framing issues related to artificial intelligence, big tech, social media, and more? If you scroll through the websites of the leading candidates, so far, tech might not seem very high on their priority lists. But it turns out tech actually is on the agenda. You just have to know where to look and what to listen for. That's according to Dave Weigel, politics reporter for the news website Semaphore. He's been following the candidates as they make their pitches to voters. You're hearing this in, in, in two ways. One I would call a national security conversation. One is a free speech conversation. So one of them is we need to protect our tech advantage, stop China from stealing it, and pursue policies that, that make that possible. We're not just going to be letting China steal our IP anymore. Now, that's something candidates have promised in the past, but they're more specific now. Uh, the other, this is far more from Republicans than the president, is we are going to stop tech companies from censoring people. Uh, one thing I would say that floats between these two categories is, is TikTok. There is a discussion among candidates, among a you know, really Democrat and Republican about banning the app, limiting the app. I say that flows between them because it's not necessarily a free speech issue to say we're going to ban this app that, that millions of people are using to share their content, get famous, talk to each other. But that fits into this, this category of ways the campaigns are thinking about fighting China, competing with China, preventing China from getting any advantage or influence over Americans. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, with the most, I think, Silicon Valley experience in the field, not a much, but a little. He calls it digital fentanyl. Uh, not every candidate uses those terms, but that's sort of the way they talk about it. It's a very evocative term. <laughs> it is. It's very uh, touching TikTok and I kill you. <laughs> but it's it the idea there that, and it goes pretty deep. I mean, it's that the Chinese Communist Party, uh, which has a hand in all its companies, is is going out of its way to popularize a social media that tells young people, and, and again, I'm kind of channeling every Republic, the way Republicans talk about this, everything from 
disrespecting your parents to questioning your gender to how to steal a, a car, you know, how to steal a Kia or a Hyundai with your USB. The idea there from these candidates and really not pushed back on is this is done, done purposely. We should, we should be limiting something that our foreign adversaries are using to weaken America from within. Well, staying on the GOP side, former President Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have talked about this notion of enshrining digital rights for individuals. What is your understanding of what they mean by that phrase, digital rights? Yeah, that is tied to all of this. So Trump and DeSantis, who add them up in Iowa, they've got most of the vote right now. Uh, they both support basically what Trump calls the Digital Bill of Rights. I think DeSantis would adopt that framing if, if he's pushed on it, uh, which is companies are not allowed to censor you. Uh, in, in Florida, DeSantis actually got a law passed, signed it with Republican support, that you have a right in Florida to sue a company if it censors you. Basically, that it's in the interest of the, of the state to protect conservative speech. What supercharged this was the end of the 2020 campaign and coverage of uh, the Hunter Biden's laptop that he left at a Mac repair shop in, in Delaware. Without getting into every little angle of that story, uh, the way it, I think, has been passed down in into Republican campaigns, Republican legislation, is that tech companies who don't have any voter accountability were censoring news stories about something that would have damaged Joe Biden's campaign for president. We can't let that happen again. What really hypercharged this was the way these companies handled uh, gender identity. There was a, an acceptance, certainly at Twitter, that it was hate speech to misgender somebody if they were using uh, pronouns, uh, identity, etc., different from their sex at birth. That was the old Twitter policy. Elon Musk uh, does not believe in that, has said so, took that out of the protected categories. But that, too, that was another another factor that was getting a lot of conservatives taken offline. And that's been baked into this debate over how we need digital free speech rights. Not every Republican has talked as much about this. They, they do favor more regulation of the way tech companies handle speech. Uh, but it's really DeSantis and Trump who's led the fight on, we can't let these guys like change our culture with no input from the state. Are there any Republican candidates of any prominence that, you know, have expressed that their views depart from this fairly f mainstream view within the GOP? So not especially. I mean, uh, so M Mike Pence was in the Trump administration. <laughs> Obviously, he brings it up. And they, at the end of the, their term, were trying to ban TikTok. He still supports that. He says he has some of these same concerns. And I bring him up because he's been critical of, for example, Ron DeSantis and his war with Disney over Disney's criticism of Florida's um, uh, parental rights laws. So, no, there's not really any disagreement with these cans. There's just diff there's, there are differences in what they've promised to do. And really, I think it's almost undercovered. Like, Trump has been quite specific in if he came back to the presidency, what he would do, how he would act on this stuff faster, uh, who he would appoint to various roles. Uh, it would be a, the, the, the power of the state allowing more conservative speech online and restricting access to things they think are making young people, changing their morals, changing their values. Yeah. Well, let's turn to the Democrats now. Is President Biden making much effort to talk about uh, how his administration has approached big tech? Not especially. I mean, Biden's talked more than people expect about, um, about, for example, like unionizing at Amazon. But he doesn't vocalize this as much in the trail. The story when it comes to tech has been look at the investments this president made and that everyone else talked about and didn't do to make us not just more competitive with China, but make them irrelevant. That's the message they're sending. Less about breaking up monopolies 
here here at home from from them. That's the policy. That's just not really part of their campaign narrative. I've not seen the candidates get too much into into monopoly. It is something uh, certainly in the DeSantis wing of the party, which has shrunk a bit, but includes a lot of the more populist conservative intellectuals. They're interested in it, but it's just not something even DeSantis has talked about. That was Dave Weigel, politics reporter at Semaphore. There's still plenty of time for any of these candidates to change their tech-related campaign promises. Last week, GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, who, as Dave Weigel mentioned, described TikTok as digital fentanyl, announced he's joined the social media platform to meet and engage with younger voters, though he still believes TikTok to be a threat to younger Americans. He is one of 12 contenders challenging former President Trump for the Republican nomination. While President Biden is largely considered to be the favored Democratic presidential candidate, there are two other challengers in his party. There's Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a vaccine skeptic whose attacks on Internet censorship have won him support from anti-establishment donors in Silicon Valley. The other challenger is Marianne Williamson, who's made investing in energy tech part of her campaign to offer a more progressive alternative to President Biden. Daniel Shin produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending, like, all my tips. I was definitely spending, like, $200 a week. I'm Rima Khreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.